Our reading is Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 13. The Fall. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Adam. Good morning, everyone. Let's uh, let's pray. Let's just be still for a few moments. We want to hear what God might be saying to us this morning as we reflect on this theme of what it means to grow on our front lines. Lord, thank you that you are with us every second of the day. Help us, Lord, as we consider what it means to live for you, to make good choices, what it means to bear fruit in our lives. May you speak to us now, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've got a bit of a recurring fruit theme, it seems, in this series. Last, uh, last week, those of you who are here, we had uh, Anita having a conversation with an apple, which was, uh, was quite entertaining. Um, this week, we have that story from Genesis chapter 3 and the fruit tree in the garden. It's a familiar passage, isn't it? It's uh, one we reflect on often, where Adam and Eve make a choice which has pretty severe consequences. 
despite God's warnings, despite all of the other good things they've been given to enjoy, they choose to pick that apple or that fruit from the tree and taste of its delights. The one thing they've been told not to touch, they grabbed at. A choice they'd live to regret. A choice with consequences. Of all the choices made in Scripture, surely this is one of the most far-reaching ones. I think Jesus choosing to die on the cross for us, of course, is right up there too. We all make choices every day, and uh, many of them have consequences. There's plenty of evidence of that in the political sphere this week. We'll be hearing in the next 24 hours who has chosen to stand for Conservative Party leader. MPs will then have a choice to make. Those choices will have consequences. Last week in our service, we, as well as hearing from Anita, we heard the story of Aisha, who really regretted choosing not to challenge her boss about his bad behaviour in the workplace. And then in contrast to that, we had the story of Abigail in Scripture, who did speak up and who challenged King David about his behaviour. We've just heard the story of Maria, who deliberately slowed down so that she could make connections with people on her front line at the school gate. There are spur-of-the-moment choices we make every day, and there are more considered choices. But all of them have consequences. And God's heart for us is that we make good choices which lead to positive outcomes, choices that will result in fruitfulness. And we're going to be thinking about that this morning. We want to get really practical and get us thinking about what that might look like for each of us as we serve on our front lines day by day. And a bit of personal reflection will provide, hopefully, a way into that to get us thinking. So um, here's an image of some of my front lines, the places where God has called me to be, where I spend the uh, majority of my time. I'm uh, on the front line as i involved in church leadership here, of course. My choices have consequences. In uh, two hours and five minutes' time, I'll be driving a minibus down to uh, Sussex because we have a youth camp this week. So how I am and who I am in that environment is important. I'll be making choices all the time. With my family, with my boys, with my mum, with my siblings... That is a front line. My leisure space is a front line. Time spent with friends. Some who know Jesus, some who don't. When I'm playing sport. All of us have multiple front lines. And it's important also within this to acknowledge that decisions we make on one front line impact the others. So if I work silly hours for, um, for Hazelmere or for, for Christchurch, that impacts the amount of time I might spend with family, for instance. Time spent with friends. 
And I don't claim for one moment that I get the balance right on these things. I think for all of us, it's a juggling act with the different areas of our lives and our different responsibilities, different commitments, different interests. In different stages of life, we might make different decisions as to how we use our time. It's very different, isn't it, when we've got young children than when they've left home. It's different again in retirement. It's different again if we're single. But I want to encourage us to make decisions about how we use our time and energy prayerfully. There's that wonderful verse in Scripture. It says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. And to see that come about, there needs to be that element of of reflection and prayerful consideration. And as we seek to do everything to the glory of God, we have choices as to how we use our time. It's very easy to be run ragged because others are dictating how our time and energy is used. But actually, God wants us to keep some element of control in that and make wise choices. So will we be intentional in the way we live out um, our Christian faith on our front lines? We're reminded uh, last week, we've gone to the next slide, we've got, we're reminded last week by Anita of uh, the six M's. That as we seek to live for God on our front line, we're seeking to make good work, to mould the culture around us, to be a mouthpiece for truth and justice, to minister grace and love, to model godly character, and to be messengers of the gospel. Uh, On Thursday morning, Nigel was speaking at our uh, midweek communion service, and he shared uh, an example which really expressed, I think, all of these things, actually. It was in his work context. I'm not going to share it now, but um, it was a time when he um, changed the culture, changed the atmosphere for one particular individual in his workplace. I could talk about any of my front lines this morning. Um, I'm going to choose to talk about uh, a leisure um, example and cricket. But I'm doing so because I want it to get us thinking about our own situations, our own front lines. So if you've got no interest whatsoever in cricket and think it's the worst game that God ever invented, you can either leave now or you can just listen and try and apply it to your situation and your interests. So uh, about three years ago, um, I'm getting old, as you know, so we all are. Have you noticed that? <laughs> about three years ago, um, after nearly, nearly 20 years in Bradley Stokes' second team, I was beginning to use my pla- lose my place and wasn't always getting picked, and I was getting frustrated and thinking, oh, I'm still good enough to play for the second team, but the captain obviously didn't think so. And it was getting towards the end of the season, and um, I was still battling to keep my place or to get it back. And uh, the third team captain announced that he was um, standing down, so there was going to be a vacancy there. So I then had um, a decision to make. Did I want to keep battling for my place in the second team, or did I want to put myself forward to captain the third team? So a lower level, several divisions lower, um, but with an opportunity to um, lead that team. And I reflected on that, I prayed that through and felt, yes, it was a time I could take that on. Less family responsibility, uh, a bit more space to be able to do so. And I got voted in as 13 captain uh, with two aims. 
One was to win games of cricket, because I quite liked us to win games of cricket, to get us promoted. But the other one, which actually was more important to me, and still is, is to actually mould the culture, to ensure that we've got a positive culture within that team. And being captain, you can influence that. Um, as some of you know, in amateur sports, all sorts of things can happen. It can be quite loud-mouthed. It can, in some clubs, it can be quite a sort of drunken culture. It can be a bit dog-eat-dog. People can be really critical of one another and undermining one another. Um, sometimes there's a pushing of boundaries of fair play. All sorts of different things going on. And as I took on the captaincy of this particular team, I wanted, to, um, wanted us to be known for the positive way in which we play our matches. I wanted it to be a place where people would look out for one another and support one another. And if someone dropped the catch or did something stupid, they wouldn't have everyone else on their back, but they would be supported and encouraged. I wanted it to be a place where our young players coming through would feel valued and be given opportunity and really enjoy playing. So over the last couple of years, I've been uh, praying for that and seeking to live that out and work that through. So expressing my, my own behavior, my own expectations of us as a team. How do I behave before, during, and after the game? What is the culture that I express within our sort of team talks at the beginning or as we're playing? Am I prepared to take a walk with a player around the, around the boundary during the middle of the game when I'm not uh, so involved and chat to them about cricket, but about life, ask them how things are at school or how their family's doing. In all those things, there is an opportunity to live out those six M's. Especially, perhaps, to, to mould the culture, to minister grace and love, to model godly character. But I think all of them come into play. So earlier this season, sadly, one of the young lads, his, his dad died very suddenly and the way in which we as a team were able to provide support for him and the family. And many of the players came to the dad's funeral. Some lovely comments from parents towards the end of the season as to how some of the young players had, had really grown and how, they'd much in, how much they'd enjoyed their cricket. Now, I don't claim to have got it all right. If anyone from the team is listening, they will probably remember the time when uh, we did have a particularly bad day and we were uh, cast iron certainties to win and then we completely threw it away and lost seven wickets for a space of eight runs and at the end of the game I just slammed my pen down on the uh, scorebook and it smashed into several pieces. But I do know that there's been something intentional on my part and I do believe there has been something positive about the culture of that team. I don't take all the credit for that, but I do know that my ch choices have brought a degree of influence and borne a degree of fruit. Now, in some ways, it's been easier this season because we've won most of our games. It's probably be a bit more challenging next year if we're struggling a bit more. But that would still be my heart, that we have a culture that is positive and that ultimately bears fruit. Perhaps next year we can deepen those relationships within the team Perhaps there might be opportunities for me to be bolder in sharing my faith. Who knows what God will bring. So that's just an example of one of what I consider to be my front lines. As I said, we've all got different, uh, different front lines. 
and uh, we want to ground this in reality. And so you'll see um, somewhere near you, or perhaps on your seat, you've got a little A5 sheet which has uh, two sides to it. One says activity, the other says examine prayer. So you want the side that says activity. If you haven't got one immediately close to you, there's enough around for everybody. So um, do feel free to um, reach over for one in a minute and uh, grab it as well. Um, some of you may have pens with you. Um, other pens are being brought around too. And I just want us for the next, between five and 10 minutes, just to consider our own lives, the choices we make and the fruit we bear on one of our front lines. It may be in the work environment. It may be in a particular group we're involved in socially. It may be within the community. It may be within the, the church sphere. It may be within your own family. And there's four questions there. On the left is a couple of questions about uh, bearing fruit, at, as it is at the moment. And on the right, there are questions about potential areas for growth. And this is not about, you know, trying to work harder so we please God. You know, God's love for us is guaranteed. But there is something about being intentional and about seeking God as to how he might be leading us on in a greater degree of fruitfulness. So just for a few minutes, if it's easier, if you prefer just to talk to your, to your neighbour about it, feel free to do so. Um, otherwise, scribble some notes. Um, in five or ten minutes, probably won't be able to complete this fully, but um, it's something we can also take away afterwards and reflect further on. You've got a reminder of the six M's just at the bottom as well, and they'll stay on the screen. They'll stay on the screen too. So just for a few minutes, think about what it means to be intentional about living out faith on your front line. I'm sure some of you feel you've probably sort of finished and done what you need to with that. For others, you may be thinking, oh, I could do a lot more time. So do, do take that time uh, at home at some point this week and make yourself a cup of tea or coffee and spend some more time with it. And perhaps seek, you know, seek to identify just, just one action, that one thing you could do slightly differently perhaps, one choice you could make, which might ultimately lead to greater fruit on your front line. It's good to reflect, isn't it, sometimes? We can uh, live our lives at 100 miles an hour and actually to pause is really important to look in our, look in our rear view mirror uh, so to speak. On the, um, on the back of the Fruit and Choices exercise, you have something called the Examine Prayer. Um, I really encourage you if, you, if you do get the opportunity to join Anita and that group on a Wednesday morning, if that's something that's possible for you, or if it's run again on an evening in the new year, to um, access this Growing on the Frontline material, because there's all sorts of really good resources and ways of praying and engaging with God and reflecting. Uh, the examine prayer is one of them. Some of you will be very familiar with that. Um, for others, it's, a, it's a, just a really helpful way of reflecting on a day. It's a good practice to get into at the end of the day and just to find some space and a few minutes to reflect on what's been going on in your day, how God might have been speaking to you, things you've been learning, 
some of the encouragement, some of the things you might have done differently, all in an attitude of prayer. So again, that's another exercise you can take away and, uh, and use as well. I think it's Socrates who said, the, the unexamined life is not worth living. And uh, we grow and we become more fruitful as we do reflect um, uh, as we go through life. And we see in the example of Jesus so many times when he takes time aside to reflect, to come before the Father and to pray and consider. Let me just pray now before we continue in worship. Lord, thank you for these few minutes to uh, just pause and reflect uh, and think about our own front lines. Lord, we're all different. We each face different challenges. Each have different levels, perhaps, of influence and responsibility. But thank you, Lord, that whoever we are and wherever we are, you want to use us and you call us to be fruitful. So help us, we pray, as we reflect on what we've just been doing, as we consider how you might be leading us forward. May we do so in your strength under the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.